Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get going, I want to take a moment to tell you about some exciting news for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news, scores, videos, polls, photos, podcasts, player rankings, and much more. With the SB Live Sports app, it is now even easier to follow your favorite team. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers all the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Live Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans. With coverage from reporters Todd Millis and Andy Bueller, me, Dan Dickow, SB Live's recruiting expert, this SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Out from the deep corner for three. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's on now. Downtown Dan connects. Every morning when I'm working out, I'm listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Well, I mean, I've seen Dan Dicko hit some big shots in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> I got to salute you, man. Like, I've been watching you since I was in high school trying to mimic all your moves. Welcome to another episode of our March Madness Rewind series on the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports on the Believe Podcast Network. If you've been following the last month or so, we've been releasing daily a podcast conversation with someone who has had a tremendous amount of success in the NCAA tournament, whether as a player or as a coach, we've been saving Maybe the best for last in our Rewind series. Today's guest, Gonzaga head coach Mark Few, from a conversation last fall before the college basketball season kicked off, talked about what he was hoping to see out of his team, um, some of his expectations of his returning players, such as Drew Timmy, Corey Kispert, as well as the excitement to coach some of the new guys like Jalen Suggs. National title game coming up tonight. Monday, April 5th, last episode in our March Madness Rewind series, Gonzaga head coach, Mark Few. Welcome to today's episode of the ISO with myself, Dan Dickow, on SB Live Sports and the Believe Podcast Network. Today's guest for our conversation, someone who has been instrumental in my career, um, from when I transferred from Gonzaga, excuse me, from Washington to Gonzaga, he helped me become the player that I was and, and set me on the path for success. None other than Coach Mark Few. Coach, how is life now that it looks like there's some semblance of direction for a college basketball season to occur? Uh, well, first of all, Danny, thanks for uh, letting me come on with you. Um, yeah, things have been a little 
somewhat more back to normal. It's uh, scrambling around to try to piece together a schedule in uh, late September is, uh, is uh, unique to uh, this job, but uh, it's also kind of fun and, and uh, it's exciting to just kind of get back to, you know, having some direction like you uh, alluded to. How does the, the average fan doesn't understand and realize how difficult putting a schedule together is how much uh, input do you have? How much uh, uh, ability do you let your assistants who work on the schedule on a day-to-day basis kind of form something? And then where do you guys meet in the middle to kind of come up with the exact schedule for a season? Uh, well, the input's totally mine <laughs> and I have veto power and I let uh, it, it from the assistant's uh, point of view and you usually just have one assistant signed to it and it's uh in this case it's tj benson has been doing it the last uh couple years prior to that uh you know we had john jacobs doing it and did a great job of it and uh way back in the day jerry kraus that was that was his baby forever and it's a thankless task from that point of view because there's a lot of i mean the the Ratio to uh, success versus calls is probably about a hundred to one, <laughs> um, as far as just piecing stuff together, and uh, you know whether it's a willingness to play on somebody else's part, whether it's the dates, whether it's uh, will TV cooperate, or in, in some instances TV dictates when and where and who you play, and and uh, uh, and then it you know. The, Basically, my job is to pick out who we play and and uh, and then kind of you know work with the, the our TV partners that I have relationships with over all these years and figuring all that out. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's also good for assistant coach in those positions. It's a great way to network and you, you meet a ton of people and you you end up conversing a lot with all from people all over the country. So it's it's a great uh, job for experience and, and building your network you talked about television networks and kind of being a part of putting the schedule together I remember even before I was playing at Gonzaga and then where when I was there we were hoping to get games on TV where now ESPN and, and some of the other groups are building their schedules around you at what point in time over the last 10-15 years did you see a definite change that Gonzaga is included in all their major decisions. Uh, it's so funny you bring that up. I remember way, way back when, when I was an assistant, and gosh, probably even my first couple years as a head coach, we were always just so excited for that WCC championship game to be on ESPN. <laughs> that was about all we had. Uh, we we grab as much video off of that to use in our highlight video at the end of the year. Uh, now, literally every one of our games form and we try to get as many 20, 22, 23, 25 of our games televised. So, uh, you know, obviously you were a big part of that. Uh, uh, 
you came here on in 99. We were able to continue our success and stay in the national spotlight, and have some NCAA tournament success, which again is uh, grabs the attention of the, of uh, the TV execs and producers. And then, uh, you know, the guys after you have continued that. Uh, and then along those lines, I think just the, uh, uh, just the story of the program and the, the growth of the program and the personalities in the program have lent itself to, uh, to actually garnering some really, really strong TV ratings, which at the end of the day is, is what is the narrative for, uh, for, uh, Gonzaga game. So, uh, you know, for instance, this year we'll have some on a, a ton on ESPN, but we'll also have some on national CBS and, and uh, as well as the usual uh, uh, ones, you know, locally and regionally on uh, route. There's obviously been like we spoke about there, a change in the network's viewing of the program. There's been a change, I'm sure, in, in the viewing of the program through recruits you've had to kind of change your recruiting philosophy, I'm sure, from years ago until now, where you're blending Northwest guys, you're blending international guys, and now you're really in the mix for a lot of McDonald's All-American level guys. How has your recruiting philosophy changed, if at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if our philosophy's changed. I, did, I, I think we've always just tried to get, you know, the best guy – we can that also fits our program I don't think you know the one thing I'm proud of is throughout all the years and and, and again with different you know assistants heading up different parts of the recruit target guys that that we feel really strongly about would fit really well with the Gonzaga culture they're good people off the floor they're they're serious about their academics they're great teammates uh but they're you know obviously really really talented and can keep us at the level that uh you know we want to stay at which is you know put us in position to play for a final four and win a national championship so um i think what's happened is uh you know it's because of our success and popularity, uh, you know, we be, became a more viable option for many, many more players out there. And then it's our job to kind of to siphon through all that and, and continue to figure out which ones are, are you know, the best fit for GU. Well, 20 plus years as a head coach, near around 30 in, in the college game where you have to evaluate, you have to recruit, um, then you have to get players to commit is there one player or two that was most frustrating for you during your career that you thought was going to become a zag and would have been perfect in gonzaga's system but ultimately chose to go somewhere else oh gosh there's been a ton of those uh just a ton <laughs> i mean uh you know it's it's much like the the losses you know but we don't lose very much up here but when we do the, you know, you have a tendon, tendency to remember those for whatever reason, which is kind of sad compared to all the wins. Uh, but sure, I mean, I going back to I think we asked my must have been my first year as a head coach. I mean, uh, 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 absolutely, 
loved Luke Ridnour, thought he'd be a great fit here. Uh, and just loved everything that he was uh, all about. And, and uh, you know, when he chose to go elsewhere, that was, that was tough. And then he took his buddy Luke Jackson uh, with him. It was from my, uh, my little tiny town down in uh, uh, Oregon. So, uh, uh, I mean, that started it. And then, there, yeah, heck, there's been tons, even – even even recently, there's been some that we thought we had a pretty good shot at that didn't happen. But that, that you know that that's recruiting. And then the interesting thing is, uh, with that, you learn and and continue to learn that usually the 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 person you end up with ends up being the right fit. It's always just worked out really really well for us. You know, if you think about, you know, we ended up with that backcourt with you and Blake Step, which arguably is one of the best back courts, if not the best back court we've ever had, you know? So, uh, um, you know, God works in mysterious ways. It's not always, uh, what we want. So, uh, um, uh, but yep. You know, when you're, you're in this battle every year with 10, 15, 20 kids a year. And, and now if you look at the options of the teams we're competing against in recruiting, you know, these, these kids have some, some really, really, really good options. So in a lot of cases, they really can't go wrong. So it's, it's hard to fault them. Yeah. I remember that Luke Ridenauer uh, decision. I believe that was my redshirt year and uh, it worked out for me and Blake obviously, but that would have been a really fun three guy backcourt to play in with the three of us being able to handle it, pass it and shoot it. When you look at all the players that you've coached over the years, and, and it seems like every year there's one or two Gonzaga guys that are, are, are going to be in the NBA now, uh, just because the talent level keeps rising. Is there a, anybody that you feel the NBA has missed on for a reason or other? Maybe it's a little quote unquote undersized or um, somebody was just missing one little piece to their game? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of them. I mean, it goes all the way back to your year. I, 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 thought they really missed on Casey Calvary. Uh, you know, I, I just, I thought his athleticism, his size and his skill at that time was even shooting, shooting a three ball at that position, which wasn't, you know, nearly as in vogue as it is now. Um, but, you know, it, I think it's, it's a shame a little bit uh, just uh, with, with, with how the, uh, NBA is kind of morphed into what where they are now, and obviously it's exciting and it's a great game and all that. But I look at a Shemek Karnowski. If he would have came around uh, ten years prior or something, he would have been a lock NBA player with uh, his basketball IQ, his size, his his defensive prowess at just kind of protecting the paint. Uh, and and you know if you don't double team him, he was going to score. Um, and gosh, I mean, it's, I could go through probably there's a handful of guys that I uh, definitely thought we've certainly had some guards that have been uh, right there. And then, then we've had, you know, some tough luck with injuries. You look at uh, Blake step. I think he would have played a long time in the, in the league if, uh, uh, if he could have stayed healthy and, and, uh, but, you know, I, I mean, I also think that's what's so important about having, choosing the right place and coming to a place like Gonzaga, then you end up, you know, you still have the, the great college career to draw upon for memories and, 
experience and and uh and our guy that we've had some guys had some really really good careers over in europe that have been very rewarding and and uh and uh caused some real growth uh there we've all had bad experiences with sunglasses whether it's losing them breaking them scratching them or uh the glasses themselves just not holding up to par well it's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canon. Canon sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity, and they're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, and stronger, and Italian handcrafted frames that are impossible to scratch. So use the exclusive code CANONCAST15 at Canon.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's CANONCAST15, K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T. One five, Canaan, clearly better. With with all those names that you mentioned, the biggest thing uh, that jumps out to me is player development of the, over the course of their time at Gonzaga. That was huge for me. So your program does a really good job in player development. I think something that gets missed a lot of times for many coaches is coach development. You've developed or helped develop a number of coaches to be ready for their head coach opportunities whether it's Billy Greer or Leon Rice but you also have in what I've seen really improved as a coach where do you think you've improved the most as a coach over the last 20 years I mean I I I think everybody improves you know or I hope I hope we're all moving forward in life so with with experience I mean I think the one thing that we've done it at Gonzaga is, you know, I cringe when people say, well, you know, they run, you know, they, they're going to play this particular style or system. I mean, we, we adapt to our uh, strengths of the team that we have that year. I mean, we've, as you know, went from running flex to running motion to running, uh, you know, uh, straight high low with the Turioff years and and uh Corey Violet and 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 those guys to uh you know a ball screen dominant we were one of the first ones to kind of go exclusively kind of you know spread the floor with uh you know ball screen continuity over here in in the U.S. and that you know that obviously with uh with our heavy lean on uh you know getting guys from overseas I think that's really uh, helped and then the the staff whether it's been Tommy or or uh, uh, Ricky Foy or uh, uh, John Jacobs or uh, you know B Mike has, uh, has really became a, a great uh, you know, game manager X and O tactician um, I like to collectively use all the minds and and uh, ideas and, and skills that we have on staff and, and uh, kind of formulate the, the best way to play that uh, we possibly can and not just kind of freeze into a particular system. You mentioned the ball screen continuity, and it does seem like more college teams than not use a similar offense. You mentioned kind of learning a lot of it from, from Tommy and, and his influence of recruiting the European guys, but was there a part of 
you know, your involvement with USA Basketball where you learned it or you saw that it really worked and you wanted to bring it to Gonzaga? Yeah, I mean, again, I don't know. I mean, I think we all just collect, collectively draw on everything. I've, I've learned a ton from all my uh, USA Basketball experience dating way back to when Billy Donovan and I worked together and we formed a, a very strong uh, uh, friendship. And then just all those kind of experiences, kind of hanging out next to Owen and talking with all those uh, 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 people. And it's interesting, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think just watching a, a lot of ball and, and talking, you end up kind of, uh, we change in season a lot quite often. If I see something that I like on TV, I'll, I'll bring that in. Or if somebody's got a scout and we see something that worked for uh, somebody else, we're not afraid to, we're not even afraid to put it in on uh, uh, game day. Uh, uh, you know, um, you know, the ball screen continuity. I don't know if that was, that wasn't really truth be told, wasn't really brought over from Europe. That was uh, Jay Triano uh, was talking to us about that one day. And, and uh, uh, I think with, both Tommy and I, right, we might have been recruiting Kevin Pangos or somebody at that time. And so that's where we kind of came upon that. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think we're, uh, you know what, Danny, we're in constant learning mode. We're open-minded to anything that works. Um, obviously, even this year, we'll have to play different than we played last year. And I think that's, that's what you have to do as a coach. you got to serve your players the best way they can instead of being just kind of iron fisted and trying to force them into a particular system, you know, and then it works the same way defensively there, you know, we've had to change defensively, you know, sometimes you can switch your bigs, you know, or, or and or switch your guards because your guards are tough enough and other times you can't. And, you know, we've had good runs. I think looking back, especially probably when Leon was here, he, he was really good with the matchup zone and, and quite frankly, we haven't been that good, uh, you know, since he was here. And I think that part, some of it is that, you know, he, I think he had a conviction and a belief that he was able to, uh, you know, to, uh, to give, convince me to, to stay with it more than we, than we do now. But our man's been so, so good and so efficient, uh, you know, these last three or four years. That, uh, uh, I think that's been probably the biggest key to our ascension to go from maybe a top 25 team to, to one that's, you know, in the top 10 or even top five. Well, it was our, our man defense has gotten so much better. Well, I do know, and I remember the, the defensive efficiency numbers that were always targets that Coach Krause and you would put up on the board. And we failed to, to hit those a lot when I was there. But offensively, we were really good. You also mentioned, you know, adjusting on the fly to your personnel. I remember running uh, pick and rolls where Corey Violet would handle the ball and I would come into a wing pick and roll. So you've, you've always definitely had the, the willingness to change things up and, and give it a different look. And you said with this year's team, you're going to have to play different. Lots of publications have you as a preseason number one. I'm sure there's, there's a, a, a lot of pressure from the outside that you guys probably don't look at. What does this team look like with Corey Kispert and Joel Iyayi returning and then um, you know, the improvement of Drew Timmy and then the uh, addition of your three really good perimeter players. 
Yeah. Um, well, I, th- I think, first of all, the number one stuff was probably based on Philip returning, you know, and I mean, he was arguably going to be, at least in some publications, a first team All-American. So, uh, you know, losing him puts a dent, at least in our, obviously in our front court and front court depth. And then also probably lends us to have to play a little uh, differently uh, than we would. Uh, which is fine. I mean, we got great experience. Corey Kispert is, is, you know, he's somebody that actually would have been drafted and, and probably would have been on a roster in some form or fashion and chose to come back. So I think he deserves a lot of uh, uh, credit for that uh, from everybody uh, involved in college basketball. Joel Ayayi, I think is, was just, getting better and better as the season went along uh, last year. And, and he's even improved in the off season in, in, in some areas that uh, uh, were important. Uh, you know, I think Drew Timmy's prime for a big year. He was really playing well, or he played well for us all year last year, but he's really coming on at the end of the year. If you look at the WCC tournament and uh, uh, hopefully Anton will be able to stay healthy with his shoulder and, and, so, you know, again, I think we'll, we'll probably end up having to probably spread the floor a little bit and go, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a version of, uh, you know, four guards out there uh, with just one of our bigs. And we'll probably do more of that than we did uh, uh, this past year. When you think about it, we had some good stretches where Corey – or, excuse me, uh, Drew and uh, – and Philip were on the floor uh, together. So, uh, you know, gives us some exciting options. The, the youngsters, the three freshmen are, are physically uh, definitely ready to, to contribute and, and, and make plays. And now we'll just have to get them up to speed on, you know, all our nuances on the defensive end and spacing and, and, uh, you know, things that we do on the offensive end. And then, uh, you know, having uh, – we picked up another great uh, grad transfer in, Aaron Cook from Southern Illinois. He's really, really going to help us. And he's, he's experienced and been through it all and, and uh, kind of does – can really, really defend. But, yet he can shoot the ball, play and pick and roll, and, and uh, gives us a really versatile player on both ends. As a coach at the college level, you, you're judged, obviously, by wins and losses. You've got the, the highest win percentage of any coach in Division One history. And I know you value that and you take pride in that, but you also uh, are someone who values what your players do off the court. Besides guys that have gone on and done and, and made professional basketball careers, is there a player or two that jumps out at you that you're proud of their post-Gonzaga career because of maybe – uh, what they're doing in the community or business-wise or the fact that, you know, things might have been a struggle for them while they were at Gonzaga, either getting admitted to the school or with grades or circumstances while they were in college. Uh, hey, l- listen, I, I'm incredibly proud. It's probably the thing that, you know, emotionally moves me uh, in regards to my career at Gonzaga uh, with what the guys do afterwards, just to see them how – starting a family and uh, how they kind of are, are maturing into 
you know, being real fathers and, and uh, uh, you know, pillars of the community. And then, hey, I, I think it's uh, it's been awesome to watch your career as you start climbing up the the uh, the ladder of, of uh, sports media. Um, it's been fun to watch you grow and, de and develop there. It's been great to see Matt Santangelo become the director of Hoop Fest. You know, very proud of Winston Brooks and all the uh, uh, things that he's been able to to do and help with is, uh, you know, uh, part of the Spokane Police Department. Um, I was an, uh, an assistant uh, when Mike Leisure played here during our those those early runs uh um and you know to see him act those uh issues uh, uh down in portland as a member of their police department is is cool to watch his his leadership and uh uh, uh, uh everything that he's experienced up to this point that he's going to have to draw on to help solve that uh uh dilemma but you know it's also fun to you know, as I'm still taking my kids to some of these AAU tournaments, see Casey Calvary at games with his kids, to see uh, Tony Skinner <laughs> coaching uh, uh, AAU. And, and uh, you know, Ryan Floyd's done a great job with the Spokane community uh, helping out. And then to see people diving into the, you know, medical technology profession, uh, you know, with Blake Stepp and, and – uh, uh, you know, Corey Violet, uh, uh, run into him around town. And, uh, it's just, it's just been, it's, it's the, the best part of the job by far is seeing what all our, our players do once they, uh, get out of here and move on. Last question before I let you go, coach is in 2017, you guys made a final four down in Phoenix and there was zags from literally every era over the last 30, 40 years that played there that, um, whether they played one year or four years, a starter, uh, a walk-on. Guys made it a point to make it to, Gonz to the Final Four that Gonzaga was involved in. If Gonzaga has a chance to get back and win a national title, what would it mean to you and the Gonzaga community? Uh, I, I mean, look, it, it, I, I think it would mean everything probably to the Gonzaga community. I mean, you know, so many people put everything in that championship uh, basket. It would be, you know, it'd be great to take that last step. So, quite frankly, so everybody would quit talking about it. <laughs> um, you know, we know those of us within the program, around the program, we know uh, uh, that we've been good enough on, you know, a couple occasions, maybe even last year, uh, what we were in pretty good position especially based on the landscape of college basketball to last year and just didn't get the chance so uh I, I mean I the most important thing is being in the running and uh you know uh, assembling a team that that legitimately has a chance to do that and then you know the the tournament itself is you know, I, I don't think people really understand just how there's you have to be good enough. You have to have enough talent and, and your team has to be put together well enough and disciplined enough to do it. But then it also takes some great fortune, you know, uh, 
you just think about some of those plays down the stretch against Carolina that didn't go our way or else we, we, we would already had our national championship. So, uh, you know, and even uh, Rui and Brandon here, if we just, you know, we had a bad couple minutes and Texas Tech took advantage of that. I mean, that very well could have been a, a championship year uh, again and, and, and even last year. So, uh, uh, you know, the best thing, the thing that we can do is just keep, keep us on that level where we're good enough to win a national championship and, and uh, we're primed for one. And then, uh, you know, hopefully we can, can earn our uh, breaks to, to get it done. Well, Coach, I appreciate your time. I know with uh, the start date now of college basketball out there, practice is going to be starting up soon. It'll limit your fly fishing time, but hopefully you can get out there a few times before things really pick up. And thanks again for joining today. Yeah, you got it, Danny. You bet. The ISO with Dan Dickow and SB Live Sports brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.